Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 135. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog, and will never be tied down co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on how to tie and not to tie horses. Our topics for this week are hitches and knots for tying horses, lead ropes, and how to tie horses with bridles, split reins, Rommel reins, or Makati reins. After catching, putting a halter on, and leading a horse, The most common handling procedure is tying a horse. Learning to be tied is one of the first lessons taught to horses. In addition to teaching horses how to be parked, tying horses teach patience that applies to many situations. Knowing how to correctly tie your horse can be life-saving for the handler or the horse. Whereas not knowing how to correctly tie your horse can endanger you and or your horse. Whenever tying a horse, there must be reasonable assurance that if the horse challenges being tied, the escape is not possible on their terms. Otherwise, the consequence will be teaching a horse to always challenge being tied and seek another escape as a reward. This is the main reason we're not fans of cross ties. To cross tie a horse safely, the line should be tied with strings at the halter so that if the horse challenges the tie, it can break away. In addition, the availability of cross tie locations are far more limited than where you can tie horses with a single lead rope. Before tying a horse, the first consideration must be how the lead rope is attached to the horse, and then what will the other end of the lead be attached to? The lead used to tie the horse must be attached to the horse's halter and never attached directly to the horse's mouth. This means never using split reins or Rommel reins or a chain lead shank to tie a horse. If a horse pulls back after being tied, the pressure should be to the back of the upper neck from the crown piece of the halter, or in rare situations, possibly the horse's girth. When trail riding with a bridle and a bit, a rider should always be prepared to tie a horse safely to respond to emergencies. Putting a bridle over a rope halter is one method, albeit uncomfortable for the horse. The method that we prefer is to put the bridle over a simple working cavasson 
Then use a 12 to 15 foot rope around the horse's neck tied with the bowline knot. The other end of the rope is then run through the bottom of the cabeson, is coiled and attached to the left side of the saddle until there's a need to tie the horse. If using Makati reins on a bridle or a bocelle, the lead or get-down line should not be used to tie the horse unless the looped reins are first looped around the horse's neck. So if the horse pulls back after being tied, the pressure is transferred to the back of the neck, not to the horse's mouth or the bocelle and the hackamore's hanger strap. This is done by pulling the looped reins to the left of the horse, causing a loop to form a figure eight and then putting the new loop over the horse's neck. The lead line is then wrapped around the lower aspect of the double neck loops at least twice, forming a half hitch with each wrap. The double loops around the neck cannot be loose enough to allow the loops to fall off of the horse if it lowers its head. If needed, more wraps with half hitches around the double neck loops should be created until the diameter of the double loops are reduced sufficiently to keep the loops from falling off of the horse's head. Objects that a horse can be tied to must be stationary and stout. It should be able to withstand the weight of the horse plus its pulling power or roughly 3,000 pounds of pressure from an average horse. The level at which it's tied needs to be higher than the horse's withers to reduce its pulling power and potential injury to its neck, as well as its ability to lift what it's tied to out of the ground. For example, horses should never be tied to metal T-posts or a horse trailer that's not attached to a parked towing vehicle. Since tied horses may suddenly and forcefully challenge being tied at any time, handlers must never try to slip underneath a tied horse's lead rope. If they do, they risk causing the horse to pull back and then lunge forward on top of the handler. The halter and lead rope must also be able to withstand a horse's attempt to escape from being tied. Halters with metal connections usually break at the metal connection. Lead ropes with metal clamps or snaps usually break at the metal clamp or snap. Nylon rope halters and lead ropes Connected by a sheep bin hitch are the strongest means of resisting a horse's challenge to being tied. Halter broke horses should be tied in trailers to limit dangerous shifting of the trailer while traveling and intrusion on a horse travel mate's personal space. However, the horse should be tied at a distance that allows it to lower its head below its withers but not below its knees. This prevents a horse's head from getting dangerously low in a moving trailer, but low enough to clear its airways. We like blocker tie rings in trailers because these can be quickly fastened and easily released. They also permit more slack if pulled on with force, allowing a horse in a trailer accident more room to move its head after a wreck. Blocker tirings can also be an excellent means of safely and humanely teaching horses not to pull back when tied. 
Horses are claustrophobic and need to be able to move their head up and down, but they should not be able to accidentally put a leg over the tied lead rope. Therefore, the lead rope should be tied about two to three feet from the horse's nose. The surface of the lead rope affects the security of the tie. Smooth-surfaced lead ropes are comfortable for the handler's hands, but they allow hitches to pull loose more easily than laid or twisted rope. Cotton twisted ropes are also easy on the hands and will hold hitches securely. When a horse pulls back on a tie with all its weight, the hitch can bind. This is one of the situations that necessitate good handlers to always carry a sharp knife to release a horse from a dangerous emergency. There are four hitches that are particularly useful in tying horses. Blocker tie rings can be used for routine tie rings. These do not require a hitch to be tied. They work on one or more bends around the tongue in a tie ring. They are quick to use and forgiving to horses that pull back while teaching them that pulling back does not lead to escape. The quick release hitch is the most commonly used tied hitch. A bite is created in the hitch that allows a quick release, but many horses will learn to untie the hitch. To reduce that risk, the end of the lead rope should be dropped through the bite if the horse will be left alone for a time. The highwayman's hitch is a useful hitch if a quick release of the hitch and the tie ring is desired. It helps if two horses will be led on foot by providing a total release from being tied using one hand while holding the first horse, or releasing a horse to be ponied while being on horseback. The bowline is a secure knot that can be used as a tie hitch. If pulled tight, the bowline is reasonably easy to untie. The bowline is best for tying overnight if on overnight trail rides. If you have comments or if you're interested in particular subjects, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Tie horses to stout immovable objects two to three feet away at a level above their withers. Know the uses of a quick release hitch, a highwayman's hitch, a bowling knot, and the blocker tie ring. Never tie a horse in a manner that creates pressure on its mouth if it pulls back. That is, never tie with reins or a lead chain chain. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. You might also be interested in my concise textbook of small animal handling. Both are available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. 
Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about the costs of Midwestern puppy mills. Hey, Abby, how are your acting lessons coming? Well, yes, I thought you were interested in the podcast this week. Wait, does that mean...